Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of The Morning Skate. You got Ked here, BizDev somewhere on a boat probably, no idea. Hal, I think, is having a panic attack because uh, I think they only have one car and he really wanted to come home and he wasn't able to come home. He's not here, but you want to know what? I'm here with Jordy. I never have to worry about Jordy not showing up. This guy lives, breathes hockey. I appreciate it. Jordy, how's it going, brother? It's going good, buddy. Nice to talk with you. And, you know, I'm jealous. Uh, I'm not on a boat, but, uh, you know, he's uh, – Garrison's probably pretty uh, choked that he's not here with us. So yeah, yeah, I'm sure he's just crying all about it. But uh, <laughs> so I mean, at least in upstate New York, the weather's changed today. I caught some serious rays. I spent the majority of the day. We talked about this before, but I just kind of want to let our listeners know. I put a net together all day today, and yep, thank you. I appreciate the clapping. Um, it wasn't that bad. The worst part of stringing the net, and it's not even like. It is just time consuming. There's nothing that speeds that thing up ever. Uh, so, but now we got the net. Now we can start doing brand reviews. You guys are going to start seeing a little bit more video on YouTube channel, which I think BizDev setting up. Uh, I think just having the net, is, it's awesome. And it, it's one of the ones where it's not just a net, but you have like the side nets too. Because like, I don't know about you, but I'm a terrible shooter. Like if I'm going up top, like it's normally a dump into the corner. So we have, we have, have the... We have the we have the net for you at the cave. I don't know if you've seen it. I'll send you a picture. But if anybody out there is a cave fan, you've probably seen Ken has taken those wings that mm-hmm. you're talking about that go on the side mm-hmm. and amplify, put them on steroids. <laughs> you, you literally have a net, an extra net on each side and above. And uh, we, we the same thing. Like we and a couple people that we have come over not the greatest shooters and we got some, you know, a Zamboni there and stuff. So we got to protect a few things uh, from all those wild card shooters. So yeah, Ken, Ken took it to a next level of, um, at the cave there. And you know what, sometimes, especially with the house being next to the cave and the kind of little rink we have there, I've, a few times I've wound up and whoa, like I am so happy that he did that. Oh, it's clutch, man. I remember growing up, you would just have a net. These side wings just weren't available. So you'd be ripping pucks into the garage. I can't tell you how many windows I've broken. Like, I feel like there should be an insurance clause. Like, You should get a reduced insurance on your house, your house insurance, if you have these wings on the side of the nets because the amount of damage, like you said, that you do to houses with pucks, balls, uh, fences. Like My parents just were replacing the fence from when I grew up and then had the, their carport garage. I just destroyed and oh, yeah. finally after being, you know, moved out, married with a kid, whatever. Now they're putting the money into a new fence. So um, there's got to be some sort of a ho- like home insurance discount if you have those protective wings just to, to save all the damage. And now here's my thing. Like shooting on a net, I would miss a net high, whatever. Now that I have these wings, am I going to miss a net even more? Like am I going to subconsciously tell myself I have plenty of room and now I'm really just going to start sailing pucks? Is this actually going to be like – detrimental so what's 100 percent. it's it's okay. it's it's truth <laughs> that the more you practice the worse you get oh yeah so especially when you're like oh i'm gonna shoot wide well you know what i can probably shoot wider now wider right yeah. <laughs> you'll be you'll be far left far right you know what as a goalie trying to read a guy who you have no idea where it's gonna go is the hardest thing to do with good shooters you know they got the body language they're consistent there's nothing worse than a guy coming down on a breakaway or they're winding up and they go to shoot glove and they whiff and it goes five hole. That is the biggest piss off. So I think you've got the perfect net set up to be able to. Trip oh, okay. Goals. All right. You know, it's funny you said that. Cause I think when we had Kane on, uh, he was talking about the same kind of thing. Like you have good players, good shooters. You kind of know where you're going to go, where if you have a wild card, you don't have a, you don't have a clue. I'll tell you, I, I started off in kind of 
the lesser skilled tiers as a goalie, but then have worked my way up kind of into the better ones. It was harder playing in the lower skilled ones because of that fact of as a goalie, you get, you know, however much time to react and it's very split second and they're showing glove. So you react on that. And then they like, you know, roll their hands over. They have bad technique or they, you know, fall or, 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 yeah. or the change up. They look like oh. they're shooting fast and it goes slow and you over miss. So it's definitely, definitely a thing as a goalie, which is the biggest piss off. Cause you're like, I read that correctly. Right. Like, I can't play every shooter that, Oh, they're shooting glove, but he's going to screw up and go five hole. That would drive me nuts because, like, on the bench, we're thinking the same thing, too. Like, oh, my like, oh my God, they just scored the dustiest goal ever. What is our goalie doing? Like, at the time, in our brains, we're not really comprehending what actually had just happened. Where yeah, we yeah. could be supporting you, but instead we're just, like, feeding you to the wolves. Yeah, it's one of the most, like, glory-filled positions, the, goal, the, the goaltender, that's for sure. I, I, I honestly – I don't know if there's anybody out there that's going to listen to this. I want this uh, because one way I stay in the game – is I wish there was kind of like something in the map. You know how they mic up goalies and stuff yeah. in the all-star games or whatever it may be. I want that to the bench. I want a mic, two-way mic to the bench of being able to communicate because I chirp you guys uh, to keep myself in it. I chirp you right. guys. I do play-by-play commentary because if I don't like kind of do that vocal thing from like my history of other sports of being very vocal, I kind of just start thinking like, oh crap, I didn't pay my cell phone bill um that was two days ago you know there's i'm gonna get oh i gotta get this thing oh, i you know didn't feed the dog before i left that's where the mind goes and that's oh, the yeah. whole battle between the ears as a goalie so if i could have something to like stay in the game and talk back and forth um then you know like that, that i think that'd be a pretty cool invention for us beer leaguers for goalies and players to kind of be able a way to communicate no no for sure and this net was cool it came with like these targets and i guess i'm just wondering like how many pucks do i need to shoot a day to get to the show or, or to, I mean, that's not going to happen. So let, let's. I say it's we, like it's got to be like above six. Let, let's 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 rewind. No more than pucks, ten. How many pucks a day do you think I should shoot to actually see an improvement in my shot by the time beer league hockey opens up again? Think if I do a hundred pucks a day, there will be like I will substantially see my shot get better. Or do you think you have to do more than a hundred? What do you define as better? Because you were just talking about how you were going to be shooting it wider. No, <laughs> so that is true. Uh, so I, I it, have to dial in a you little. You might shoot bit. it faster wider, which is yeah. great. Yeah, okay. So, yep, um, maybe maybe I can put a donut on my stick too, like like with the baseball bats and just really sure. just start, yeah. And uh, shout out to some good friends of us who have kind of, uh, of the caves and who we've met at some of these uh, gifting suites and stuff. Um, have you heard of gel sticks? No. So that baseball bat concept is in a stick. Oh, so it's it's literally like you're oh, packing with a heavier stick, so when you use a lighter stick, you can wheel. A weighted hockey stick. And the cool part about it, we've got to try them. Um, so it has gel in it. So it's a weighted hockey stick, but it's built to your specs. So it flexes. Everything's the same. It's not like it's right. just top end heavy. Everything is the same. And Cam Atkinson's, I think, is uh, part owner in it. Bunch of NHLers in it. Tons of college gel sticks for anybody out there. Um, they got a really cool product. They're looking to build up. If you want to, you know, find a tool, they will build a, a stick to your spec. And we got no to see first hands chatting with the NHLers about them with the sticks. I was documenting it and, um, John and Chris and a few other guys from gel sticks are amazing. So anybody out there that's looking for something to improve their shots. And that was what I was going to get to for you is if you use the gel stick, man, you're going to build up that strength and that muscle memory in the arms and wrists and, and everything. So they pretty much took that weighted baseball concept and put it into hockey sticks and 
they did it with golf. Oh, no way. So you're just driving balls right now. You're just, I think, and John would probably kill me if I got this wrong, but I think I heard it enough. I think you can look to like gain like 15 yards after a certain amount of time okay. using it on your, you know, on, on your driver or whatever it may be. So gel sticks, they're, you know, they're, they're kind of, they're crushing the, the hockey and the um, golf game right now. So definitely. Uh, definitely going to have to check that out. That's pretty cool, man. That's yeah. awesome. I, uh, it's weird. Like my progress of beer leaguer, like I think I used to be way more of a goal scorer. Now, like I would consider myself a playmaker. Now you're a goalie. I don't. As a player, there's nothing more satisfying than when everybody on the ice touches the puck and it's like a hockey goal, like not a beer league goal, like a legitimate hockey goal where it's like one touch or like a sick backdoor play kind of thing. Yeah. As a goalie, like if you're down at the other end, like do you guys see that shit happen? Like do you get jacked up more? For sure. I, th- I think it's – I it depends on the goalie because if, if the goalie is, in you know, focused on their individual their, thing yeah. – that really doesn't may not come into play for me because like I told you, like I'm trying to stay in it. So I'm like, involved. Right. Yeah. I'm involved in it mentally. So if I, you know, like all the guys back door, get through there, you know, a nice saucer pass tap in back door. I'm like, that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's because I'm like, I'm a diehard hockey fan. So I appreciate yeah. it from a forwards perspective center uh, defenseman, you know, it's the same thing with like a block shot. Um, you know, I personally love the plays that aren't just, like almost a main statistic so goals and assists okay great but there's so many plays in hockey that smart hockey players do that only great coaches you know people scouts oh my god up on. i'm so and, happy and that's that i'm so happy that like one of my thing i always do this no matter what and i don't think anybody even notices it or anything like that growing up my one coach always taught if if another team dumps a puck in your defensive zone i'm a forward coming back little mini holdups go such a long way for the defenseman getting that puck making that breakout pass so no matter what I don't even care if it's the third guy I'm making sure that I have at least some sort of like shoulder in front of them to make it a little bit harder for them to get around and like every time I do it like I'm patting myself on the back but I don't think anybody in the world realizes like what's going on and and that's where I hope they go with statistical gathering Right. Like they start bringing more categories into it. Of, and I say this for goalies. I, there's got to be a better thing than like save percentage is great, um, you know, in scoring position, but there's got to be some sort of an algorithm that people can get up. Cause there's, there's a difference between a shot in the slot against Sidney Crosby and a shot against, a, a, you know, in the slot from what, like that is, it's the same shot, different person shooting. There's got to be some sort of variable or equation or something formula that can categorize this for especially goaltenders where it's like, no, that is the main real stat you want to look at that takes in the read of the play, like how big the rebound came off of um, because we all say those things because we played the sport, regardless of like center, you know, winning faceoffs. It's like, okay, well you may not have won the faceoff, but you held up their forward that yeah. led to a goal because he's out of position. Yeah. You know, it, talking that, about possession, dude, like, and that's it, the thing is like, it, you're going to look at and be like, Oh, this guy didn't win any face-offs, but it's like, it's the little things like holding the guy up that led to it. It's all these, uh, you know, it's not, like I said, it's not the goals and assists. It's the, the ABC, DEFGA, all those little things that led up oh, yeah. to, you know, getting the goal. And I don't know. I feel like the, what a goaltending, there's so much more than just like they scored in this position. It should have been this. It's like, no, like I'm facing, you know, Ovechkin, on a one-timer in his wheelhouse on a power play 
and I make that save, but then I make a dump in from a blue from the other blue line that's going on net catch, they're considered the same save. But no, I get exactly what you're saying. You know, it unless you have the expert eye, but I right. really wish there was some sort of stat that kind of. I think uh, I think Steve Valakett's starting to do stuff with that. He used to be an old Rangers goalie. He's on the MSG broadcast. He actually has Clear Sight Analytics, is I think the name of it, and. At least during during like Ranger games, he'll break down like and give you statistical stuff about like how Shesterkin is, how many saves he's made through a screen, how many goals he's let in through a screen, like high percentage shots over here. So like, yeah. he he'd be someone to actually look into because he I think he does an incredible job. And I'm not like a huge analytic guy, but like the way he's going, like yeah. that seems to be like the way to go. I, and then from a just from a goalie point of view, I love now that we got you know Kevin Weeks, Kelly Rudy. Love Kevin some, Weeks, dude. Is Kevin Weeks not the best, dude? Like, he, you know what? You know what? what? And you know what? The, not just the attitude, like, yeah. So like, we've reached out to him on the cave and with the blade shades. He's yeah. responded every time to us. Great place. We sent him shades. He had him on a live stream. He never asked for like reimbursement. You know, there wasn't anything for you. Cool like, dude. Yeah, I'll support you. Cool dude. He's one of my top five to like have to the cave, have some beers, talk hockey, talk goaltending. Yeah. Um, but it's those type of things for the goalies, you know, we don't usually get because we're such a small population compared to the rest of it. It's really nice to see those type of analysts bringing that goalie mentality and even statistics to educating it's huge people who have never played goaltending, who have never played, who have never been in the position other than, no, they, they should just stop the puck. It's like, that's a really hard. Down, that's right? a really hard save right. for you to say that, and they don't understand it. And and um, you know, I've had a couple teams that were, you know, I've gone and film for like junior level, and asked like, what do you guys, you know, what do you, what you support or resources you got for goaltending? And they they're like, well, we just wanted to stop the puck. And I'm like, uh, okay, like that's yeah, yes. more than that. It's a little more than that. So it's really cool. I love that they're bringing on these analysts that are bringing that for the goaltending thing because it is such a unique and crazy important position to kind right. of just gloss over like that. So. And, they, and they break it down too, right? They don't, they don't just kind of say words that like as a casual hockey fan, you might not really know what a screen is or you might not know like Ovechkin's, that's his office. I mean, actually, if you're a casual hockey fan, you, sh you should know that, but yeah. They they break it down to people who may not be absolute diehards of the game, but make it easy enough for them to understand what's going on. And yeah, they I, don't I they don't uh, they don't lose the audience in jargon or like scientific, you know, kind of slow. Uh, and they're you know, passionate too, right? Like when they're talking yeah. about it, they're not just talking about it to talk about. It. They're talking about it. Like you watch Valaket, dude. He is like involved when he's like talking about like different screens, different shots, uh, rebounds, all these different things, and like you kind of feed off of it. Like you want more. You're like, Oh shit. Like I didn't really realize that. Was and I saw, um, I saw Mike Richter say something and it was a quote that I'm kind of really doing a butchery in the paraphrasing, but he had a quote that he posted about like the goal goaltending chooses you. And yeah. I think that is so true of like, I get pumped on that stuff and going, you know, how we got into this about like the little things or the, how as a goalie looking down on a great hockey play, does that get me pumped? And it's like, yes, absolutely, because I'm a big hockey fan. But on the goaltending side, I and, and especially just playing beer league my life for, for my hockey life is I get pumped when it comes down on me and the other team's holding the zone. And they're going, you know, up to D, back to D down here. I'm like holding – like they're in our zone for like 25, 30 seconds. And you're locked head, in. I'm like – I'm like, I'm like now, like almost like Kevin Weeks as the analyst reviewing this is like, he's got to get it. He's got to hold the puck. 
can't give up a rebound. You got to hold the puck, get your guys a change. And that's the stuff that, you know, when goaltending chooses you, like Richter said, I get pumped about it. It's not the windmill backdoor saves because if you, you know, goaltending, you don't want that. Yeah. You know, I remember Ryan Miller saying, you know, like those things are great for the fans and all that, but I, I want to be square shot every shot in the right. chest because that means I'm in the right position. I didn't screw up. Everyone's like, Oh, what a great save when you do the backdoor, you know, Vasilevsky behind the back, whatever it right. may be. But then as a goaltender, you're kind of like, no, like shit, I was, I was really out of position. That yeah. was lucky. Yeah. You, you know, or whatever it may Never be. thought of it that way. You're right. Because if you're making diving across the ice type stuff, you're out of position. Like, yeah. and, and that's like your last edge effort. So yeah, cool. It made the save, but at this, I never thought of it that Where, way. Whereas yeah. you come down and it's like, I, you know, I'd rather be in the great position that, you know, you shoot it into the, you know, into the chest instead of, you know, shooting off the pad and it was a weak rebound and he taps in. It's like, no, like, or like the tap say, Oh, big save on the, on the back door. It's like, no, like I would rather have that into my chest. Like nothing gets me more excited than a guy coming down on a slap shot. And I tell my beer league guys, I'm like, get out of the way. Like it's yeah. not worth you guys blocking and so getting hurt and you got to go to work the next day. It's coming down a guy winding up at the blue line and like taking a shot. And it's like me and him. And then it just like gets like devoured in the chest protector and, and in the pants, you hold it, get it, get in. Cause that's like right position, right technique great save the right thing not off the pad and whoa what a diving save so I, I i'm kind of a freak in that sense of i agree it's gotta it's gotta be the right um it's gotta be the right technique right save for the right time and it's gotta be so hard being a beer league goalie right because like in terms of team structure there is none like oh. so staying square to shooters is one thing but i would say a majority of the time you're facing odd man rushes and being able to get in those positions that's gotta be so frustrating then oh my god yeah it's uh it's uh, all of a sudden three on two like that's kind of the classic beer league yeah. three on two right like the guy oh, at the forwards don't want to do the back checking and so it's all like once our teams especially the one that i ran we started to like implement uh whoever the forward is closest to the defensive zone it's your job to pick that guy up. If that guy right. scores, that's on you. That's not the goalie. It's not the defense. Cause like, you know, we're all kind of stranded there. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of, a lot of odd man rushes. No. Yeah. No, for sure. hundred percent. I like this conversation, but this wasn't even planned, dude. I never really even thought about a goalie. Like it makes sense. I would be frustrated myself. I'd be pumped that I made like a six, eight, but at the same time you're thinking like, damn, that I shouldn't even have put myself in a position for that save to have been made. Kind of I had teams say to me, don't stop the third if you're not going to stop the first. Or wait, don't don't stop the third. Or what was it? Don't stop the first. Yeah, don't if you're not going to stop the third, don't just let it in. I was like, okay. And I was like, <laughs> in my head, I'm like, should I count those as like save percentage? Or, you know, like same type of thing is you get one, you get two, you get three. And it's like, usually the second is crazy. The third's even crazier than the fourth goes in. It's like, yeah, but if you just made the first save on a technical being in the right spot, reading the right play, then you shouldn't need to make two, three amazing saves. And then they score on the fourth because the goal is, is to be in the right position, make the right, right. save at the right time. Do you, uh, do you count how many saves you have during the game? No, I usually, I, the, you know, it's, you got some got retired guy or, you know, you know, a guy's wife or somebody, you know, helping out doing the scorekeeping. It's yeah. I know for sure that they, they don't get the like close up close, like wax off the chest protector right. and rebound off the pad. They'll count that as one. So I kind of just like, well, depending on the game, if you know, kind of have an idea of where, if it was said like 
you know, we average, I think I'm between like a 35 and 40 shot yeah. a game in beer league. And once again, that doesn't mean they're all amazing saves. It could be 40 wristers at the point Dumbest and then guy, yeah. one open back door and I'm say 40 out of 45, but. So that breaks down the, how there needs to be a deeper dive into the whole statistics. Of what it's on the score. I just feel like it's almost like you need a, a for goalies. I feel like there's got to be, and like, I don't like using it, but it's the closest thing I can find. Cause I don't think there's much value in it for the sport, but the quarterback rating, mm-hmm. you know, like that kind of is like, here's right. overall about the quarterback, but you know, not to that extent. So just some sort of stat out there that um, interesting. that would include everything of like, you know, you're going against Crosby and Malkin it's, it, and you make a save is different than the fourth line of the pens, you know, like, so that, because then I think you would be able to know who's actually the best goalie overall, um, not just the ones that make highlight reels saves or out of position, but you know, that's, that's a, that's like the, that's a dream ask. And I know that might not actually be, um, be achievable because, you know, if it's probably more, um, confusing, more difficult than probably I'm making it out to be. No. And and we're talking goalies right now. We're going to end up talking about this new 24 team format that the NHL is trying to do with playoffs. I thought this was kind of interesting. Uh, the league initially suggested this play in round must be, uh, best two out of three. And the players said, no way said Elliot Freeman, uh, they felt it was not acceptable enough for teams that had a better regular season. And Pittsburgh looked at its matchup and it said two out of three against Carey Price is not fair for a team that had zero percentage points to play in the playoffs. Carey Price, man. And if you look at his stats over the last couple of years, they don't really jump out at you. But the fact that, like, he has everybody in the NHL shook to play against that guy. And it's – I don't know. I, I guess we don't – see a ton of the Habs. When I think of Carey Price, I think of Kreider running into him, then everybody saying Kreider did it. <laughs> but, like, what do you have on that? Carey Price, I know he's a stud. I love – in terms of, like, if I were ever a goalie, how I want to look on the ice, I think Carey Price has the best swagger of any goalie. Like, he just looks like a goalie to me. I don't know and, why, and but I don't his, know. his swagger comes from his mentality. Like, he's super calm. He's super chill. He, he's Just so – yeah. And and he, but he he executes his movements so like so seamless and they're so smooth. I remember I think it was in World Juniors, way back in the day. I remember almost getting annoyed watching him as a goalie, watching him and how calm he was, because I could not put myself in that position mentally right. and be as calm as him. So I remember it was like um, on the post blocker down, and it's like they're just jamming away at it. And he's just like, nope, I'm like structured up against the post. I got it covered. Yeah. And he's just there taking the one, two, three wax and, and, and the puck and he's stopping it. Whereas for me, I'd be like, you know, like pushing off and panicking and doing right. all that yeah. stuff. Um, and I think that's, I think that's why, um, Hey, he's so good is technically he's great. Um, he's great between the ears and you can't rattle him. Yeah. Like, like even when the fans in Montreal rallying him, he just like threw up his arms and the hard like, fan base too. Right. It's not base. like Montreal's going to be supportive and, and not great times. Yeah. Know? He's not, he's, and that just gives you a thicker skin too. Right. So like he's been dealing with that. Um, and he's also the guy that if you had to put a bet in Vegas on who would steal a game as a goaltender, it would, I would put it on Carey Price. The problem is he doesn't really have the greatest team in front of him. And as a goalie, you can be amazing, but you know, you, I don't think it's really hard to steal four games out of best out of seven. Um, but which is why, which is why they don't want to do that three game. 
which I, I mean, I get, dude. Like, I'm a Rangers fan. I grew up seeing Henrik Lundqvist literally st- – I can't tell you how many games that guy saw. Like, we were good for a while, and we shouldn't have been good, like, at all. Like, we had Marion Gabrick, who I guess is pretty – he's all right, but he's not like a Sidney Crosby or an Alex Ovechkin. Like, we had Rick Nash, who – Again, he was all right, but, 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 like, we never had that elite offensive force, but it didn't matter because Hank was always there. And it's, you know, like, and it's, it's up for argument's sake of, like, it's a, is it the most important position in the game? It's, like, as a goalie, I think yes, because it's kind of, like, if I just wanted to, and I think we've seen on some of these – such like, a weird question. That's yeah. Such a, it, because – Team game, but then it's, like, if the goalie just, like, here you go – there's 30 goals, you know, like yeah. it's, it, and it, I think we even seen, I don't know if you've seen that footage where like some junior B or OHL goalie just was like literally in the game, like went and put the puck in his own net and then gave no. the coach the finger and walked off and it like Flex. exited the arena. So it's like, I think, yes, it is the most important position, but it's not a position that can be done by yourself. Yeah, it 100% depends on the team, right? Because, like, like the defense can – like, games where it's, like, you get six – like, ten shots. That's because – the Flyers made the cup with Michael Layton in that. It, for sure, exactly. Right? It depends on your team. And that's why I think these general managers don't get enough credit as uh, that they do for what they build when yeah. it comes to, with a salary cap and and these players and dealing with players that, you know, taking $10 million, Right. Was it 70, 60 something now? And I don't know, that'd be a hard thing to build when you're trying to find those guys that do the small things like, like we were talking about earlier in the, in the pod. Um, but it's a, it's a crazy important position because you can steal games, Yeah. but it's hard to steal four. So I think that's probably why you see the pen saying that. And um, as a pens fan, like saying, <laughs> I agree. Yeah. I because I feel the best all he has to do is catch fire, dude. That's all that guy has to do, and you are fucked. Well, like, look at look at the last two cup wins by the Pens. We had yeah. we had Flurry catch fire, mm-hmm. and we had Murray catch fire, and here we go. There's there's, there's <laughs> a couple fire. couple like, cups, and Carey uh, Price wasn't the only player mentioned. Uh, I did hear that the Western teams, and now it's going to be Edmonton. They were like two out of three with Patrick Kane. I mean, come on, but it wasn't the same level as Price. But it's kind of cool that like best out of three, the, the players recognize that, you know, there's game changers in this league and three games isn't, is, it's not enough. Because they can change like multiple games and yeah. in tradition comes into it too. We talked about this a little bit before, but right. my whole thing about this situation, the world's in, and then obviously uh, hockey's in right now is it's going to be hard because they're going to be the, you win the cup, but you're going to be the winning the cup with that asterisk in the record books. Yeah, and if you're win- especially if they go to a best of three, and you know you've got to win six. You know if you don't have to win sixteen games like everybody else on the cup, all of a sudden you only have to win ten, twelve, whatever it may be. You want to know what though, dude? The Stanley comes about perseverance, and if you're telling me if you can get through this COVID shit and then go on a run with the boys, like I understand you have that asterisk, but it's not like this was a fucking cup of coffee, dude. Like you're like this is gonna be. Whoever wins a cup, it's going to be one of the hardest fought things to get to the cup. Like you, these guys have been without hockey for how long, and now that they're going to have a three-week training camp, and then they're right back into playoffs. Yeah, well, I I agree on you know doing the run and get you know like it's it it's crazy the times that we're in in the situation. The thing that the reason I don't like it is because say you win, 
you're the one team that wins. You got your name on the cup. You're going to spend the rest of your life defending yourself that you are the same as everybody else. Yeah. So like, uh, you want it during that year. You want it as, if you're okay and have thick enough skin to take that all the time, probably from your peers, like other players and stuff and yeah. so forth. And, you know, fans on the, you know, you go to Boston and, you know, you want it with Montreal in the COVID right. season. You now have to defend yourself those fans, oh, you're not a real Stanley Cup champion. Give that ring back. If you're okay doing dealing with that, then I uh, 110% would be like, yeah, like I want my name. Because like, don't you and I both want a name on the cup and we would take that and deal with that? Sure, I would, I think, yeah. because that's the one chance. And if you ask a pro like Joe Thornton, who has been trying all this time, he'd be like, yes, yeah. I, will, I will take that with the asterisks and with, you know, the negative people out there that are, you don't want to take you Dude, That would almost be perfect if Thorne won because then, like, people couldn't say that and it would just be how it was. Like, Thorne, Thorne got his cup. Cool. Like, that, yeah. something like that would be cool. Or, like, Hank. It'd be an amazing storyline. I mean, that would be a movie in itself that uh, for, for his career and the nicest guy. We got to meet him a couple times, but. He um, seemed like it, just an absolute beauty, dude. Like. Yeah. I, you know, making, <clears throat> we were in a suite. We'll make the story short but he walked in after a flight i think he has like four kids this is at the nhl awards and he uh long flight walks in there was this bar in there in this suite we're in with the players and he walks in goes right behind the bar and starts making people drinks i think he made ken a moscow mule and just played it up and enjoyed it such a nice guy answered all the questions um so i'm a huge joe thornton fan i really hope he gets his name on the cup i was kind of sad to see them not be able to move him or do anything with him i can't believe they didn't do that yeah, that's a that's a there's something there's stuff going on there is the best way to put it. Yeah. That we're not privy to as regular people. Yes. Um I'm just let's just break this down. So the the twenty four team thing and somebody kinda did a mock thing here. So each conference gets four top seeds and then there's play in series with the remaining eight teams. Look at that, mathematics. So in each <laughs> conference, the top seed, we have the Bruins, the Lightning, the Capitals, and the Flyers. So those guys are all set. They're in the playoffs, no need to worry about it. With your playing series, you have your Pittsburgh Penguins versus uh, Carey Price's Montreal Canadiens, uh, the Carolina Hurricanes, the fun the fun team against my New York Rangers. I can't wait for that. Uh, the New York Islanders versus the Florida Panthers and arguably the most boring playoff matchup of all time. Uh, and the Toronto Maple Leafs versus the Columbus Blue Jackets. So there's some intriguing things here. Um, I just I'm going to do quick ones about each thing. Toronto Maple Leafs, Columbus Blue Jackets. It's going to be the battle of the Toronto media and John Tortorella, and I can't wait to see that. Uh, Islanders, Panthers, I could care less. The New York Rangers beating the Hurricanes and watching Brendan Lemieux do the storm surge on their home ice would be one of the best things I had ever seen in my entire life. And then Penguins, Canadians. I mean, dude, you get – anytime you play a hockey game and Sidney Crosby's on your team, you have a very, very good chance of winning that game. So I've, I've taken the pens there easily. I, I'm excited because, like, even though you talked about some of them and, like, from, uh, you know, high-level perspective kind of being, like, boring or whatever, right. it's really cool to get to see that different kind of makeup, you yeah. know, that different kind of battle of the two. I mean, Pittsburgh-Montreal, that's kind of a classic. But, you know, doing I, – I'm just – I think the long story short from a fan's perspective, I just want hockey back. I do too. Please. And also um, – I feel like the Maple Leafs wouldn't normally play the Blue Jackets. Well, like, with the, new, with the newer playoff structure, not this one that we're talking about, but the newer one, I think that was made to 
make rivalries or whatever. I fucking hate it. I love the one eight two seven three six four. That was my favorite, right? And with this new one, I think it's new rivalries. I think you nailed it, dude. I want to see the Rangers play the Hurricanes. I would love to see the Maple Leafs play the fucking Blue Jackets. Like the Battle of the Eastern Conference, I'm kind of about that. Like the, it's 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 something different. Like it's because the one the one eight two seven. It's like the same thing. Like I know the Pens are going to meet probably around this area this right. time to beat this team, but like Toronto Columbus is is it's just different. It's a different flavor for right. kind of you know it kind of fits what's going on with this whole year yeah. of something different. So I think some of the storylines that we would have there, like you talked about Tortorella, um, you know you got Carey Price versus Sid. You've got Montreal Penguins, um, and you know what I. I'm a big Barzell fan now. We got to meet his dad and just such a nice guy. And very, very good hockey player. Like very his good legs hockey. are gigantic. Sorry? His legs are gigantic. Like his quads. Oh, yeah. Yeah, huge. yeah, you can tell a hockey player when they're – if you ever see him out in public just based off of the Same quad. with St. Louis. Like, yep. Yeah. Crosby and what was it? His like ghetto booty or whatever they talk about <laughs> and stuff. But, yeah, I, I'm excited for, A, obviously hockey being back. You know, some of the new new dynamics of playoffs, was like we said, the teams. Um, but, yeah, let's just get hockey back on the air. So, um, I have something to talk about to, with people other than going over the old 94, um, 94 finals with uh, the Rangers beating the and, and good news for the Islanders and the Panthers. They're going to sell the same amount of tickets in playoffs than they would before COVID. So, I think we're good on that one. Um, and yeah, now – They're not – the owners aren't losing money. For, no. No, it's going to be the exact same thing. Packed house. Was it Sundale, Florida? Um, Western Conference, your top four seeds, the Blues, the Avalanche, the Knights, and the Stars. And then your playing series, the Oilers and the Blackhawks. I mean, there's some talented players in that. Uh, the Predators, Coyotes. I think that'd be a really good series. The, your Canucks in the Wild. I mean, Canucks are going to kill the Wild. And then the Flames and the Jets. Oh, I like that a lot. Okay, so let's break these ones down. Oilers, Blackhawks, David Dreisaitl, Taves, Kane. Uh, actually, I just saw this one thing about Jonathan Taves. I got to find it really quick. Where the hell did it go? Uh, I think that one's definitely just going to come down to – you have stars on both sides. I think defense – like having the defense is going to be kind of sketchy on both. Yes. So then, then once you you got the great forwards, and then you skip the defense, it's once again going to kind of come down to goaltending. Mm-hmm. And you with the Oilers, I think they're before all this they were number one power play mm-hmm. in the league. So like, oh. if 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 you know they can stay, uh, Hawks can stay disciplined and not put McDavid and whoever else out there, Drawsidal and everything on the on the power play. Athenasini or Athenasiu. This is the Jonathan Taze thing. Jonathan Taze has played 47 games in a Team Canada uniform. He's won 45 of them. 45 and two with your colors. I guess that's, that's pretty insane. Good. That's insane. Oh my god! What he's, a stat. Uh, he's he's one of the ones that when we were talk, going back to when we talked about doing everything right and maybe not getting the credit that you can't like you how how do you how do you rate somebody on leadership or whatever it may be. You know, he's one that does everything right, and this is hard to give him some score in, uh, as it. Like, on the ice, he just does everything right. Everything. Mr. I they call him Mr. Perfect or, like, Captain – Captain, Captain Sears. Sears or something? Yeah. yeah. Um, 
Okay, and then let's see the other ones that we got. We got the Predators and the Coyotes. I think that this is a very interesting matchup. The Coyotes are young. The Predators are – I feel like the Predators are kind of entering that stage that the Rangers were in a few years ago where they were really good, but they hadn't been able to get over that hump, and those guys are starting to get a little bit older. Um, what do you have on this – what do you have on that series? Where you have Coyotes are just young guns, and, and Taylor Hall I think just said that he's not willing to take a one-year deal because of this COVID thing, so you have that as well going on. Well, I think it's one of those ones that we have, you have, or at least for us in the cave, especially when it comes to Stanley Cup playoffs, we have eight TVs. We have all of them on. The big TV, Ken always gives the Hawks. The pens get stuck in the corner of like uncomfortable seating because Ken's a dick like that. And then <laughs> um, I would say that on the smallest TV would be this series, but I don't think that it's something that we would ignore. I think it's one of those ones that both those teams could be, like we talked about getting hot. Yeah. Could just hit a spark and start, you know, like you just don't know what it's going to be. And we've seen this with like storylines with St. Louis and Layla, Lila. Yeah. Like you never know taking the hockey out of it. What is, what is going to be that championship variable that puts them over the top that gives them that motivation could be something in Arizona, you know, like you just don't know. Um, So I think like for me, that would be the one, like kind of the sleeper that I wouldn't spend a lot of time watching but I feel like something could really happen that would be special of nobody would see coming out a left field. It, I would call it like the left field pick. Playoff hockey in Arizona is awesome too. I, I forget what year it was, but they white out the place and everybody's got the white towels and they, they bring the energy there. Arizona, when they're good, is actually a fun team to kind of jump on. Uh, your Canucks and the Minnesota Wild it blows my mind that the Minnesota Wild somehow made this. Uh, Canucks easy, right? Like, yeah, if um, I mean we've we're now talking about teams starting to play at the exact same point of what we remember them. Yes, true. Which is different, and we talked about this before, like kind of just Josh around line A. You know, like he just wants to play, do this, this, and this. He's probably playing Fortnite. I don't know how much like stuff he's he's in getting in shape or practicing. Some guys are working their ass off. I've seen lots of videos of that. I, but it's really going to be hard if, if the teams that were amazing are going to be able to pick that up again from where they left off after all this COVID stuff and time away. So I'm really interested to see if who's going to, you know, which, who's going to hit, shit's going to hit the fan. You have injuries. Because I mean, Chris Kreider got hurt. He broke his leg like the day after he signed that deal and everybody's, he's probably going to be back. Like, did you guys have injuries with the Canucks at all? Um, nothing drastic. Um, I think there's definitely, I think it's cause if, if they stay disciplined, which I would think all those young guns are mm-hmm. obviously with being young in your recuperation time, anything that was sore as, you know, tweaked or whatever that they've been working on. Um, I'm just, the Canucks for me are that like they were on doing well, they consistent, they found their pulse. They found it. Goaltending was great. Markstrom was playing really well. You know, the, their stars were performing, but now you just have a weird break and now it's going to come back and you're playing. And my history of my own personal sport, I, uh, through hockey and others is I always have the, you always play to the level of your competition. Always. So you're going to always, yeah. you're going to have, like, we've all had that where you're in a game. You should be just destroying the last place team. But for some reason, they're in a it. struggle. Yeah. Like, that's what I think you're going to see with the Canucks coming in here. Uh, against the wild if that's actually how it goes is like you said why are the wild even in this well because 
you, who knows? Because this is a whole new game. This is like, it's like it's 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 like the it's like Survivor when they like all of a sudden merge the clans and stuff mm-hmm. into one. All the strategies, all the consistencies, it's have like gone great. out the window. And it's really now it's like intrigued to see. So this is the one I would say. I really don't know. I really hope from, you know, I'm on the West Coast in Victoria, not a Canucks fan, but it blows up in Victoria, blows up in Vancouver when they start doing well in the playoffs. I love the energy. Hockey becomes focused. Um, You kind of become guilty by association unless you're Ken who despises the Canucks. But we, I I really enjoy the vibe of the city when the Canucks do well in the playoffs. So I'd be hoping that they can start off from where they left it. And it's up to the wild to really kind of, you know, step up their game and take advantage of this break. So before we get into the last series, I didn't know that Ken didn't like the Canucks. Do you guys think that you guys are going to support the new Seattle team? 110%. Yeah. A couple of reasons. Yeah. So Ken's never liked the Canucks because everybody assumes that um, you're from there, from, from this right. area. He should, which he's not, he's like the Hawks for over 50 years, you know, from when he was 10. Right. So, and I also like the way, we remember the Canucks is, is way different. Cause we've been, we, we get all their games, no matter what, that's the main one. So we get all the games, we get to watch the management, like the way they dealt with the Luongo stuff. You know, there's a lot of reasons over from 94 to like a couple of years ago to really not be a fan of them. And that Ken's really took and taken that to heart. Cause we've got to watch it all. Um, but the Seattle team, what we really like about it is the competitiveness, competitiveness in the market on the West coast here. It's right. going to, like we are a three hour ferry ride to Seattle. You know, we're interested in the, you know, taking the ferry down, going down for a game. You have an Seattle's instant a, rival. Instant rival. Seattle is a great sports city. I think they're going to do so many things right. Um, I was down in Seattle for uh, uh, some work thing and got to go to the key arena and, you know, see what was going on, see all the stuff that they're doing. Uh, it was still being built and everything, but it's just that, Seattle's a great spot for sports. You've got white caps, you've got, you know, all the professionals, you've, you've got Mariners, you've got the Seahawks all within that hub. And I feel like um, they, they're going to open that team up with open arms, whatever they get a name. Yeah. And they uh, we're, we're totally on that kind of to see that competitive market lower, lower the cost of maybe Canucks games um, to be on par uh and yeah we're really looking forward to kind of supporting them kind of fresh blood in the area fresh you know uh blood in the water that we'll, we'll start to see where the allegiance lie and and, and we'll go from there but yeah it's definitely we're excited about it those like baby blue green seattle mariners jerseys that uh ken griffey jr used to wear are top five all-time jersey for me just something about that color and it's never really been used again since but like Seeing Griffey in that jersey, dude, that was baseball, man. Growing up, I think that was when the last time they made the playoffs, too. So that's going way back. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I was it. I mean, not Skydome. It was. Are uh, you a baseball guy? Because I was huge into baseball growing up, and that's during the steroid area era, and everybody hated it and stuff. But you want to know what? Without steroids, I wouldn't have stayed up till ten o'clock at night watching Mark McGuire hit a bomb in St. Louis or like Sosa. Right. reference for sure was was a mark mcguire sammy sosa dude i was at the i was at the game where they say the longest home run that barry bonds had ever hit i was at yankee stadium he hit a fucking ball that went into the upper deck but like normally when you hit a ball on the upper deck the ball's on the way on the way down that ball was still on its way up when it hit the upper deck i i remember it vividly i'm like frank thomas dude like those guys used to just hit 
bombs, bombs, yeah. not just like little mini home runs, like bombs. And that's why you love baseball. It's like playing Ken Griffey Jr.'s in a video game. Did you ever play that? Yeah, of course, dude. Of course, Ken right? Griffey Jr., what a like, swing. Jay Buhner, like the muscles on those guys. And the, uh-huh. yeah, anyways, hey, I hope someone out there reboots that game because I will, I will do that. <laughs> um, yeah, going back to your question. Yeah, so I played – my quick history is I played every sport under the sun. Basketball, baseball, volleyball, all at a very high level. Soccer. They got football. I, I know they have football in Canada, but it's not as like – big as it is in the states right or is the cfl like huge no no cfl i'll give you an idea so cfl some of the best like quarterbacks and stuff you know i i I, you know make probably 100 to 300 grand a year i know of friends of friends that are like linemen or whoever that make you know the sixty thousand. actually in the off season have to get another job okay stuff like that so definitely not there's obviously different rule changes there's only three downs the ball's bigger you know, stuff. So it's a little more of a throwing game. That. Yeah, there's a little more of a throwing game to it. So you got like maybe one run, then two pass or like, yeah. So, uh, and then, um, but it was weird in high school when I played football, you played American rules. You didn't play Canadian rules in Canada. I don't know. That's insane. That. Yeah. Because I think the development of like a program and the kids is most people, if they're going to try to go scholarship, so like or, college in the States or college in the States, just because okay. there's more of an opportunity that way. If you're the guy for, uh you know for cfl that's probably not you know going to be translated over to the nfl right you're good at three downs instead of four but it was um anyways yeah so for me growing up baseball was a big part of it i went to the sky i want to say sky dome whatever it was that they tore down the big stadium in uh in uh, seattle i need to look that up that's gonna drive me insane sky dome super dome I think definitely has dome in it, but yeah, they tore it down. Uh, my baseball team playing on kind of like the select teams and stuff. We go down there and go see a game and play. And so I got some fond memories of baseball and I think it really, baseball is like the neat part of what I like about Kingdom. it is kingdom. There you go. Kingdom. Oh yeah. Taking it back is uh, there's, there's, there's a game within a game, within a game, within a game. Mm-hmm. And if you don't know that it just looks so boring. Yeah. Um, Everything. I really have to give the in the in-person experience of kind of the drastic change of like, if you watch hockey on TV, it's still awesome. You go, it's still awesome in person, watch baseball on TV or listen to it on the radio, whatever it may be. It's not as great, especially if you Background don't noise, especially if you don't know the game within right. a game, within a game, like, right. you know, he's Oh, and two, why is he throwing it in the dirt? You know, like stuff right. like that. But if you have it where, uh, I have to give them props that they, they went from taking, they have something that's not great on TV to one of the best experiences in person. Oh yeah. Everybody loves going to a ball game. Every, yeah. Regardless of it, the atmosphere, they do such a good job. So I have to give, you know, the organizers of the, the, the games and stuff props because they keep you entertained. The food is amazing. Some of the lemonade, the hot dogs, hot dogs um, need need some hot dogs dude we've all got amazing even if you're not a baseball fan but you've been to a game you have an amazing baseball experience or story and that's what i really appreciate appreciate about baseball oh and like what we're from upstate new york so like i've had i've been blessed to be able to go to i haven't been to the new yankee stadium but i've been to the old yankee stadium quite a bit and i've been to fenway park and it's like 
it's nostalgic, dude. When you walk in and you and you see like the fucking grass, just the grass alone, the way it's cut, and like you have like little diamonds here, and, and the dirt's flawless, and it's like, like I went to uh, it was a Sox Yankees game one. My boss had like tickets, whatever. It was sick. And, like, you go there and you walk in and, like, you just remember, like, being a kid being, like, fuck, man, like, this is where I want – this is what I wanted to do. You know what I mean? Like, be – it was – The biggest thing I got is, is I'm, like, that person stood right there. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I can't believe Ted Williams, you know, stood in exactly. – you know, Exactly. In, uh, in Boston, in Fenway, like, the history. That's what gets me yeah. is um, one of the things I had, like, kind of as a goalie moment is when we were in St. Louis for the All-Star game um through connections we got onto the ice and you could write notes and paint on the ice um to like whoever and and, yeah. it, and it was for season ticket holders we were able to get in through a friend who, who knew somebody with season tickets so we got to go down and all just like for me i'm like and i think i posted to our social media on the cave is is i got to i got to go in binner's crease I got to see, like, I went through the motions. Like, I was at, like, yeah. I was not, not playing the position, but it was kind of, like, coming down. I'm like, this okay, is what it would be like. This is what it would be like. And I'm yeah. like, the blue line's a lot farther back than my my rank. And right. you know, stuff like that of, like, okay, how would that change the position for me if, like, they got so much more space? And anyways, the same thing of that history of Stanley Cup champion, Jordan Bennington, super nice guy. We got to meet him this is his home. This is where it is. This is what he sees on a nightly basis. I'm like trying to get the sight lines and like, you know, really being in the moment of like, this is, they, this is where yeah. all the goalies stand and it's pretty cool. And that goes back to kind of any sport. And that's what I think that is so good about sports is the history and uh, the memories that is made through those histories. I don't even know how we got onto this, but but we did. Oh, Seattle and all that. Yeah. Uh, there we go. Uh, the listeners are like, what the hell? Do we <laughs> what is going on? Where right did we now? take a right turn into baseball? Yeah. <laughs> How mangled is Ked right now? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, in the last series, you have your Calgary Flames and Winnipeg Jets. Have you ever been to Calgary? How far oh, is yeah, Calgary? Flames. Yeah. So I want to go to the Stampede. That's on my bucket list. That's like, like my number yeah. one. Thing and that seems no, we'll be there. Oh man, just country music and buckle bunnies, dude, and just rodeos. It sounds like the best. Yeah, um, have you been to a game in Calgary? Uh, yeah, Saddle Dome. Now, what, is that place unbelievable or what? Because there's something about, like, dude, they, they call it the Saddle Dome. Like, yeah, because the roof and it's old. Yeah. It's uh, it's it needs some worker. It's and, a barn, dude. But yeah. here's the thing: I kind of like old rinks. Like new rinks are really cool. But there was back when I like played hockey. If I ever went into a rink that was dog shit. I would always be like, oh, this sucks. But then I thought to myself, like, if that's my rink and I have people coming into my rink thinking that, like, that's kind of special, dude. Like, this is our barn. You know what I mean? Like, I love it. That's, that, that's literally, uh, like, uh, a notification that you're getting older. <laughs> it's like oh. when you appreciate that, right? When you're yeah. younger, you want, like, the flash. You want the nice scoreboard. You want it. Right. So down system's great. No want- way, dude. I want a rink that's seen some shit, dude. Yeah, you want the history. You want you want to see a rink that has been through the struggle because yeah. I think as we get older, we realize how tough that struggle is. As a kid, you have no idea what it's not a clue, is, right? Not you're well, not you're kind of more oblivious if your parents allow you to be, which is great because kids should have that right. dream filled youth. Um, but when you get older, you start to realize that there's a reason they didn't spend all the money to fix that back thing because 
that is at 20 years of kids dreams trying to shoot and score on that and they miss or whatever it may be and that is i think as you get older you start to appreciate the story experience and the history of all the blood sweat and tears that went into it not just because it has like wi-fi or Bluetooth. right yeah exactly man oh dude i i have the flames in this i there's something about those flames jerseys that they have now those red ones like the it's a different yeah. color red. The, the red really popped. It's almost kind of like an NFL color rush jersey, except for yeah. it's just, it's so beautiful, dude. I It's getting to the point where, like, I might have to cop one of them because I just think that they're the coolest jerseys ever. Um, I'm go- definitely going Calgary because I am a huge fan of David Rich, their goalie. Um, I I fell in love with him. Big save, Dave. Um, he he kind of carries that swagger, um, enjoyment into the game, uh, into the position. And uh, it was a quick story when we were in St. Louis, the all-star game, I got to spend a good amount of time with Dave Riddich and I actually talked to him on Instagram a couple times after the Where's fact. Where's he from? Oh, um, I want to say Ukraine, See? but it's not. It's European. Okay. Yeah. okay. And, um, but he is the nicest guy. So long story short, we were in this gifting suite where these players could come in, literally get handed all these products. And I said to him, I'm like, he was actually trying the gel sticks for golfing. Okay. That's actually how it started. And I'm like, you're David Rich. And I'm like, yeah, I'm a huge fan. I'm a goalie. And, uh, you know, like I'm documenting this event and started talking with him. I'm like, you can come in and like get all this free stuff. And he said, nope, that's not me. Like, I just feel bad. Like, I appreciate that. All this stuff. And then I told him, I said, okay, well, I'm also here because I'm an owner in a product that makes goalie sunglasses and we have some for you. He's like, okay, let's go. (laughs) We were talking goaltending. We were talking pads. We were talking, you know, he was wearing CCM and he had all like really in-depth goalie nerd stuff. And, you know, he's thinking about switching to new pads and he's this, this, and this. And he was just the nicest guy. And I never, ever once got the impression that like he was an NHLer. Uh, You know, he was, he was. He had to be there. Like he wanted to be there. And it was just like, he never rushed me through my like answers of trying to like yeah. talk to him about the blade chains and tell him like goal. There's not enough goalie accessories. That's what we wanted. I'm a goalie. My partner's goalie. And um, yeah, so uh, he is, him and Vasilevsky are my top two for next jerseys for sure. Um, okay. so I'm a full blown Dave Riddich fan um, through and through just for the person, obviously the goalie he is. But, um, you know, I, I've sent him a couple messages, I think uh, one about a month ago about goalie gear, and he replied and got back to me. That's sick. And That's it, cool. And it, it, it's, it's just more like, I just feel like, like how it is with us, you know, like just right. chatting and having a good time. Um, and then obviously with other NHLers we had where it's kind of like, you know, they're the big guys and you know, so forth. Right. Yeah, I just kind of fell in love with the guy on how he treated me and treated, you know, just a regular person with no uh, nothing invested in me you know like it so yeah i'm taking calgary all the way and uh i'd be really happy to see him get his name on a cup even if it's asterisked or whatever <laughs> yeah that's really interesting man because i don't i mean i don't really catch a ton of flames games but like that's something i'm gonna I'm, I'm a fan now I, I didn't even really i got a new goalie that i like i guess that's good stuff yeah, and he he plays with swagger and he celebrates and you know he he's got some crazy goalie particulars about him and certain things he does but what did didn't he do something it was a battle of alberta didn't he stop somebody on like a penalty shot or yeah okay so 
going back to the conversation we had, I asked him about at the time he was going in the breakaway, save breakaway uh, competition. And I said to him, do you got any plans for it? And he says, you know what? Like if I would love to just come out with a full blown, like stick poke check and throw my stick in the air after I did it. And this is, and then he said, but I'm concerned. Cause like, nobody wants anybody to get hurt in those things. Right. Right. Yeah. So he's like, if I poke check Patrick Kane and he, he comes, falls and he falls and tweaks right. his well and he's done. And then, you know, then you're the ass versus Hawks and, right. and, and they all have that mentality. So he, so it was funny because he mentioned about throwing a stick in the air as a celebration. And then it was like four nights later and even maybe even the next game after the all-star break, that's when he stopped and he threw it in Dude, the that's air. unreal. So when you saw that, you're like, holy shit, I knew that was coming at some point. No way. It was kind of like, I, I remember him mentioning that to me and stuff. So it was, it was a pretty cool moment for, you know, for a diehard fan like myself to get a moment with an NHLer. Um, and that's the stuff that I don't think, you know, like – we're Ken and I are nowhere like Ken's on Netflix and we've had some like real kind of accomplishments, but we're nowhere near uh, the level of a pro by any means. But, you know, we, we, Ken and I really take the lessons learned from these amazing guys like Dave Rich on how to treat people. Like you're no better. Like you're just, you're just a regular person. And so Dave spending that time with me and, you know, making an impact on me is like paying it forward of how to treat it. And like to the point where, uh, tomorrow we had a, a kid's um, kid's parents reach out to us and he's graduating and his birthday, but you can't do graduation and you can't do birthdays because of everything that's going on. And he's a huge fan of ours. So the parents messaged us to do a, to do a video for him, a happy birthday video. So Ken and I, cool. you know, like, we're like, absolutely, of course. And that's the type of thing that like, you know, I have no doubt if David British would do because, that's the way you should treat people. So the right. paint it forward and, and seeing those kind of real cool experiences from these, these NHLers who have the world at their hands and um, make time for, you know, us regular people, I guess, is, is really good to see. And um, we're just proud to pay it forward and feel really honored that we have those memories with some of those guys. You mean play it forward, right? Shout play out it. to Ken dog. Ken, Ken somewhere <laughs> like I heard a pun. Yeah, his ears just perked up. He's like pun. On radar, what? like if I said <laughs> dinner, my dog's gonna perk up, but Ken somewhere like you know what, Ken? That that was pretty good. I like that. I like that. Oh man. All right. Well, that was this week's podcast. We broke down some stuff, talked some baseball. I didn't see that one coming. Uh, <laughs> was that on your agenda? <laughs> I don't think it was, uh honestly, to the kingdom. But uh Jordy, I appreciate you hopping on, man, and uh keep doing what you guys are doing and we'll get through this and one day we'll make it out to Victoria and we'll uh We'll have a little shaker. The door's open for whenever you guys in the world is ready for it. Hell yeah, man. All right, buddy. Well, we will talk to you soon. And thanks for listening. Tune in next time.